0: Welcome to the AMU Performance Podcast, a show dedicated to improving sport performance. My name is Jordan Johnson, and I'm here with my co-host, Josh Fisher. Each week, we bring you real, tangible advice to help you elevate your performance. We take a look under the hood and decode the physical and psychological aspects of greatness. Let's get it.
1: Hello, everyone. Today we recorded the fourth episode of the AMU Performance Podcast, and today Jordan and I had the opportunity to talk to Smilin' Sam Elvey. He is a current UFC middleweight in uh, mixed martial arts. He's a professional fighter with about 50 fights under his belt, so he's a veteran. He knows all about the mental and physical side of the game. He's been ranked as high as 14 in the world. He's fought several big-name fighters, such as Rashad Evans, Derek Brunson, and Jimmy Crute. Sam shared with us a lot about taking care of yourself mentally and physically in the fight game and everything he's kind of learned throughout his experience. We had the opportunity to talk to Sam for about 15-20 minutes here, but stay tuned after because Jordan and I are going to dissect it a little bit, talk about what we learned and uh, it was a very fun conversation. So enjoy. So,
0: um, All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode four of the AMU Performance Podcast. Uh, my name is Jordan and I'm here with Josh today and we've got a special guest, uh, Mr. Sam Elvie. So Sam, how are we doing?
2: I'm doing wonderful. How are
0: you? Doing wonderful. Good. Good. Doing really, really good. So, Sam, we were talking off off air a little bit before we started the episode, and, and you're on uh, parenting duty today. So, you, if you have to step away, that is a okay. So, to take care of the kids <laughs> or anything like that. But, um, so Sam too, I guess, as we were talking a little bit earlier. Um, Josh here is our aficionado in terms of USC. So he knows a lot about the specifics of it. I'm not going to claim to know all the nitty gritty details of it. Um, I I guess I just come from more of a general sport performance background. So with that too, Sam, I I was thinking off of air, um, just in terms of like a general question that I wanted to ask you. So when you Uh got into fighting, a lot of kids like grow up playing basketball, baseball, football, like those more like traditional types of sports. What kind of got you into fighting? Like how did you get into that?
2: Uh, honestly, I spent my whole life playing the trumpet and being a band nerd. Uh, okay. Yeah, I didn't do anything like, like that. Uh, I, I did play baseball. I wasn't any good at it, but I liked playing. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I stumbled into it. I never meant to be a fighter. I never watched fighting. Didn't watch boxing. Was never in taekwondo. Uh, just someone eventually said, hey, you want to fight? And I said, sure. <laughs> and it kind of went from there.
0: Love so uh-huh. did, did you get uh, into like an organized gym at, at a young age then so like you said you just kind of fell into it when did you start kind of like doing actual like organized fighting and stuff then
2: uh let's see my first fight I was 21 I started training when I was probably 22 mm-hmm. uh, and I just made a gym I I, yeah, I never I never had an official an official training coach or anything like that until i about four or five years after i started fighting and i and i moved out to california
0: okay very nice okay i
2: was probably i don't know i was probably 10 or 11 and one before i had real coaches
1: okay okay so kind of building off that then so you did participate in the ultimate fighter under the ufc Mm -hmm. and then you went to maximum fighting championship mfc and you won their middleweight belt and then mm-hmm. you defended it once, and then you went. You got the call, and you went to the UFC. Can you talk a little bit about that transition, kind of going to like the biggest MMA promotion in the world, I guess, and kind of right. were, were the nerves? What were those first couple of fights right.
2: like? Yeah, you, you know, because I never meant to be a fighter. I, I never really got the nerves. I kind of stumbled into it. Uh, a lot of hard work, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and all that. But I, uh, I never, growing up, I never. Based my life on being a fighter, so when I got to the UFC, it was very, very nice, very lucrative. I really enjoyed fighting for such a professional organization. Um, but I was the nerves never came. To this day, okay. I've got 21 fights in the UFC. I, I've never been nervous for any of them. Um, there was there was a big step up in competition between the UFC and everywhere else in the world. But um, it, it was it was I, I was ready for it. You okay. know, I wouldn't I, even though I lost my debut in the UFC. I was ready for. I was ready for. I was ready to be in that, that type of organization.
1: Yeah. And then to kind of dive into that, like you said, there's that step up in competition and in the UFC, I mean, when you're going into a fight, I mean, the mentality is that the other person's going in there to hurt you type thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what is that? Like, how do you get yourself in the mindset to kind of go and compete uh, in that environment? Because it's going to be a little different than going out to play a nine innings on the baseball diamond or something like that. And I mean, for example, I know you, you fought uh, Rashad Evans and Rashad Evans was a he was a scary dude in the UFC. That dude had some. That dude had some crazy knockouts. Like, how do you get yourself ready to go and get in a cage with somebody like that?
2: I, I just enjoy it. I mean, it it is so much fun fighting. Uh, so I, it, I've never really had to do any mental work to to try and get prepared for any of it. I've just kind of been out there and enjoyed every second, every every fight. Uh, when I get in the cage, I get to show off what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. People people applaud me for doing it. Uh, I mean, I mean, I've got one of those rare jobs that that people applaud me for doing can you imagine i mean what do you guys do for a living are you teachers or um
0: oh yeah. so we're actually both currently graduate students um
2: so we're oh, both okay. doing a master's
0: degree in sport and exercise psychology um, okay so that's kind of where our background yeah. is so all
2: right well could you imagine someone applauding you for doing your research for your papers <laughs> yes. and stuff? Yeah. i mean that, that's essentially your job right now and people usually don't get applauded for their work for my work, people people applaud, cheer, ask for autographs mm-hmm. afterwards. Uh, so I like being in that cage as much as I can be.
1: Okay, okay. okay. super cool. And then, uh, so one of the biggest, I guess one of the toughest parts of being competing in MMA and mixed martial arts that a lot of people have talked about is the weight cut. And mm-hmm. I know some of those can be really taxing. Some of them are crazy. And I know there's some fighters that cut 30 to 40 pounds before a fight. So how do you deal with kind of that mental and physical fatigue that, Come with you know cutting weight the week before a fight.
2: Yeah, there's no easy way to do it. Mm. That that's the hardest part of fighting is making weight. Mm. Um, and, it, and it's kind I'm one of those guys that I usually have a lot of, a lot of weight to cut. Uh, my biggest weight cut is I did 42 pounds in 10 days. Excuse me, I was supposed to do 42 pounds in 10 days. I only made it to 40. I but uh, even that I was pretty impressed with myself. Can't yeah. get that <laughs> close. <laughs> and and it, it's a mental game. It really is getting yourself in the sauna, sitting in the sauna, staying in the sauna or the hot tub or whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. And then just keep continuously doing that. Just rotating from sauna to, to uh, blankets, the sauna, the blankets, the sauna. It, it is just miserable. Um, and it really separates the men from the yeah. boys.
1: <laughs> do you ever kind of hit that wall mentally where like, I just don't know if I can get back in that sauna one more time or if I need to shed one more pound. Um, do you ever kind of hit that wall? And if you do, how do you kind of get over that barrier?
2: Uh, Really just the one time uh, okay. that, that I missed weight. And it was just – it was a short-notice fight, uh, and I thought I, I had more confidence in myself than I should have. Uh, and it, it I, I missed weight. There was that that final where I did my, my time in the tub. I did my time out of the tub. I I went, and I didn't lose any weight. I went and checked. I stepped on the scale, and I was the same weight as I was 20 minutes earlier, you know, before the, before the bathtub. And it was just, it broke me. It's like, well, I can't do this anymore. If I'm not even going to lose weight, I'm just killing myself. And um, it was, it, God, goodness, it was it was sad. Uh, or I was sad. I was so disappointed in myself for that. But um, uh, other than that one time, it's, it's just part of the, I always know it needs to be done. I need mm-hmm. to get back in. I need to, to make myself miserable for a little longer
0: okay sam i guess i had a question too um in terms of like the mental skills training so i know you said that you've never really taken up any maybe like a traditional mental skills training approach or anything like that how prominent would you say it is or is not in in the world of fighting Uh, i guess Uh, from the the other fighters that you know
2: yeah i've seen it work uh countless times i've seen people use uh hypnosis to help uh calm their nerves, I've seen people talk with psychiatrists, sports sports shrink, sports psychiatrists, I, I've seen coaches do some stuff, I've even done stuff for people before trying to calm them down, get them mentally psyched up for the fight, um, and, and I've definitely seen it work, uh, it, uh, unlike football or baseball or basketball where you have a team of people to help pick up your slack if you're having an off day. Fighting is, if you have an off day, it is career-altering. Mm-hmm. If you lose one fight, I mean, one fight is the difference between having a career in the UFC, making all the money in the world, and fighting for the local shows for the rest of your life. Um, and so there is so much pressure on, on people to win. Mm-hmm. And a good, a, a good mind, a good calm mind stepping into that octagon will will help. I, I've seen it work for countless people.
1: Mm-hmm. And kind of going off that pressure to win that you were just talking about, um, I mean, obviously, sometimes a fighter gets caught. Maybe they get knocked down, Maybe they get submitted. Anything, uh, anything can happen in the fight. In the fight world, it can change in the blink of an eye. Um, if something like that happens, how do you get yourself back in the frame of mind to step back in the cage and uh, ready to ready to get after it your next fight?
2: Uh, you know, it can be difficult. Uh, you you have to trust your training. You have to know you're doing everything right. And I see a lot of a lot of fighters. If they lose a fight, they go and they change everything. They change teams. And they change this, and, that. and it's usually the sign of the end of their career. It's usually the sign that they're they're just throwing you know noodles at the wall, seeing what sticks. And um, it, it's uh, it's not usually a good thing to change so much. Go back, make little tweaks. See what you did wrong. See what you can improve on. And if you can do that, if you have trust in your coaches and your team, and Trust in yourself to perform just little tweaks will, will get you back in the right mindset to, to win the next one okay
0: and then Sam for you is as a fighter is there any type of like routines that you do on like a daily basis to kind of like prepare yourself um, whether that's a physical routine or maybe it's even just having breakfast with your wife in the morning or playing with your kids or I guess really anything is there a routine or something that you have to do every single day to kind of make sure you're ready to go
2: uh, I've got a routine, but I don't know if it's so much for fighting. It's more for, for the, the kids in the family. Sure. I get up and make breakfast. I take Reagan to school. I come back I do dishes. And it's pretty much, I mean, everyone kind of gets into their own little, I always call it finding your rut. Mm. I practice at the same time. I, I do a lot of the same things, but I don't know if it's so much to get me in the right mindset. It's just what my body has come to expect. Okay. Um, the, the the big change I have done is I've started wearing a heart rate monitor all the time. Actually, UFC gave it to me. It's an aura ring. Oh, sure. And it just Tell my me. my heart rate and my sleep patterns and all that. And I, I've been I, that, that this tool has helped a ton because I kind of know what I can do today. I know if I if I don't get a hard enough workout in the morning, I can push harder at night, or if I I can alter workouts depending on what I'm doing when I'm doing them. Uh, and that that's usually pretty. It's been a very useful tool.
1: Okay.
0: From like a physical training perspective, then Sam, what does that kind of look like for you on a, like, generally speaking, are you working out twice a day? Does it, are you lifting weights at all? Or are you just getting into the octagon or how does that kind of look um, on, on a day to day basis?
2: Yeah. So every day I'm working on at least four hours a day. Usually it's okay. between four Uh, it's different stuff every day some days it's sparring, some days it's wrestling jiu-jitsu, it changes from day to day, Uh, but I've always got a goal of I need to get X amount of calories burned, I kind of know where my body's going to be, if I burn 2,000 2000 calories, I'm going to be dead tomorrow, if I can keep it at 1,500 I'll be good for a workout tomorrow Mm -hmm. Uh, and so a lot of my workouts now are based on how hard I'm pushing per workout Uh, I'm going as hard as I can without my body being ready to break Mm -hmm. okay, sure
1: and uh, Sam, I did. A, you mentioned uh, your kids and kind of being a family man earlier. And a question that Jordan and I were talking about—we were kind of interested in hearing—is what are your thoughts on like your children getting into the fighting world in that game? Because I know some people might be a little hesitant um, or about yeah. their feelings. What do you feel about? How do you feel about that?
2: If my kids become fighters someday, they will be the greatest fighters that have ever lived. I home. they—they they will make George St. Pierre look like a chump. That's how good they're going to be. <laughs> uh, but goodness, I hope they're good at something else. I hope they're better at baseball or football or soccer. Or, Uh, anything else. Uh, As much as I love fighting, I I mean, you are always one win away from having the rest of your life change. Mm -hmm. Or one loss away, I should say, from having the rest of your life change. And there's a ton of pressure to perform if you don't show up. Um, essentially if you, you know, if you lose that fight, essentially that's a wasted career. It's a wasted, however much time you have had, uh, put on your shoulders. Uh, I, I've been weird because I never had the pressure on me because I never meant to be a fighter. I graduated college. I was going to do this and this and this and this. I've got other avenues if fighting wasn't to work out. Uh, but, but a lot of these guys, they grow up, they're going to be fighters and that is all they've ever done. Mm-hmm. And if they don't show up one day, they better get good at something else because the, the fighting game, there's not enough organizations in the world that you can make a real living at.
1: Okay, yeah, for sure. And I, sure I, I did see on, on your TikTok the other day. I do follow Smiling Sam on TikTok. You should check it out if you the have best a TikTok. TikTok. out there. Of course, it yeah. is the best out there. Um, was it one of your children that were, in? was it at like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament the, uh, a week or two ago?
2: Yeah, um, yeah. My, uh, so it was my little, my middle my middleest, my middleest kid. It was his first one, and then my next oldest. He also did. I think this was his second one, okay. and uh, that had so much fun.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and I did have uh, before we cut short here or cut off here um, one last question. So you've fought twenty one times in the UFC, and mm-hmm. you've had you got about fifty professional fights under your belt now. Um, so you're a pretty seasoned vet. Uh, if you could go back in time and tell yourself at the beginning, right when you kind of got into fighting. What do you know now about kind of taking care of your mental game, kind of taking care of yourself mentally and physically, that you wish you would have known at the beginning?
2: Um, I would have told myself to wrestle more. Uh, that that would that that's the one thing that MMA has become a sport of wrestlers. Mm. And uh, I I would have been able to expand my comfort on my back or comfort being taken down uh, had I wrestled more. So I would have told myself to do that more. Uh, But as far as the the mental side of things, I I would just say you have to like doing this. That's what I tell all my amateurs. You don't like doing this, you're going to have a a short career because there's a lot of hard days. There's a lot of days where you are not going to feel like working out. Uh, but you have to, because it's your job. And if, you, if you're not liking it, it gets more difficult. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> love that, Sam. Love that, love that. Um, well, Sam, we want to be respectful of your time. Uh, and We know you've got your, your kids to get back to here. So, um, Josh, do you have any other questions, I think?
1: I did want one last thought. Okay, Josh, has got one more yeah. question. I know you're a fighter, and it got announced as wearing the whole Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley thing. What are your What were your initial Ooh. thoughts on that?
2: Uh, place your bets now on Woodley. Woodley is going to ruin him. Uh, yeah.
1: God, <laughs> this is, so. this really is about so. the
2: smartest call a Jake Paul could have had because, in everyone's head, Woodley, you know, he's on the downside. He was a wrestler, he's not a box. Woodley is going to ruin this kid <laughs> right now. Woodley is a, a big, a medium underdog at plus 120. Put, put whatever you can on him because he bet now because those odds are going to flip. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I'm gonna watch I'm looking forward yeah. to it and it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough
1: all night for it all right you heard it here first everybody bets on woodley yeah. bet, bet on woodley on, love that perfect yeah.
0: perfect all right well thank you Sam so we will talk to you later you get back to your kids so
1: all right whatever. Hey, thank thanks
0: so much you we'll So, all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, So Josh and I just had the chance to talk to Sam here. Um, So we basically just wanted to have a a further conversation, kind of break it down a little bit. You know, some of the key takeaways that we both took away. Um, Any insights, expand on anything. So Josh, is there anywhere you want to start? I think, I mean, first thing I want to say is
1: what, what a nice dude. Honestly, his nickname is Smiling Sam, and that's for oh, yeah. a reason. That smile did not leave his face. He's just a very approachable, genuine dude. And I was I was a little nervous, a little starstruck going into this because I am a big UFC fan, so I, I knew who this guy was. But what a nice guy. Yeah. It was actually it was a pleasure to talk to him. Um, and I would say to start, the biggest takeaway for me was I really just wanted to know the differences in the mindset of a fighter versus just a baseball player or a football player because sure. I, I can relate to those athletes. I mean, I've had nerves before a big game, before yeah. a big performance. But I've never had to myself in the frame of mind to go lock myself in a cage with a with a killer, pretty much, it's trying to punch me in the face until I don't wake up. Like yeah. that, I feel like it takes a special kind of person to do that. And if I was in that situation, I feel like I would I'd be scared going into that. And I would like I I was shocked that he said, Oh, I never feel any nerves and never do mm-hmm. this. And it just goes to show the differences in the mindsets of a fighter compared to other athletes. It takes it really does just take a special kind of person.
0: Yeah, to kind of fall like he he was saying too. He kind of fell into the sport of uh, mma yep. is, is what he first <laughs> started off on um again josh you're the aficionado mm-hmm. in, in terms of mma uh, and, and all the mixed martial arts um but you're right you're uh, you're 100 right the the mindset going into it how it's that much different than maybe a, like more let's let's call it more of a traditional sport mm-hmm. right your football your basketball baseball like those types of things um which i thought was super interesting as well so uh, another thing too i wonder that's maybe kind of related to it like he just seemed to have so much like joy so we got to talk to sam a little bit before we kind of started recording too and a little bit after um and whatnot but he just really seems to have a passion for the sport Mm -hmm. um so kind of kind of coupling that with the the anxiety that he doesn't feel you know when you go into something like fighting or anything for that matter right when you enjoy it so much what can you be nervous about right so like Mm -hmm. i'm trying i'm just trying to like tie this to something like random so like let's what's something you enjoy
1: josh what is something i enjoyed doing um I would say I enjoy golfing.
0: Golfing, okay, perfect example. Do you get nervous to go play golf? Because if you
1: enjoy it that much, maybe you do. Maybe that's uh, a bad example. And I usually, a little bit, first tee box. Maybe that first shot, I'm like, okay, is this gonna be a good day, or is it gonna be one of like, you know, the usual yeah. days? Yeah. But But uh, you know, I wouldn't say I no, no, not too many get nerves nervous. there. I mean, I'm not competing in it. Obviously, yeah. I just kind of play for the fun of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I guess trying to put my my non-fighting mindset into sam like trying to see it from his perspective i guess i kind of get it right so when you love something is as much as he seems to love fighting it maybe is is kind of a, a buffer to to those nerves and whatnot so i thought that was kind of cool yeah something interesting and but, that i mean i wanted to
1: i wanted to ask you a question because i mean i watched the ufc i'm mean, to mixed martial arts stuff like that yep you haven't had as much exposure to this sport correct and kind of uh I guess what it takes to be a fighter, what a fighter's like. But
0: I still think we need to fight, and we'll record the fight, and we'll post it on social media for everybody to watch. So P-
1: place your bets now. <laughs> Come on. Just get all right. I'm sorry. Don't Keep kid going. yourself. But uh, okay, yeah. I wanted to ask you. I mean, you talked a little bit about the takeaway about how he doesn't get nervous. Was there anything else you took away from it that kind of surprised you? Since you haven't, you don't, you're not the biggest. You, I mean, you haven't observed UFC and mixed martial arts as much as uh, I have. Yes, in terms of.
0: Like what was surprising mm-hmm. or
1: anything, anything you took away surprise, maybe or it was just like a wow moment or, yeah, I guess for me
0: again, looking at it through the lens of like a physical training and a mental training component to it, I was su- not surprised, I guess not necessarily surprised, but like I knew it in the back of my head, but just kind of like to hear someone say it, to hear Sam say it, the, the fact that he was training, you know, at a minimum four hours a day, I just like, it's a lot right. Mm -hmm. And to, to really be pushing your body to that extent day in and day out, I would have been curious to see, and to kind of ask him what his recovery methods kind of look like in terms of like, okay, if you're pushing yourself as hard as you can four hours a day, Mm. how do you kind of mentally deal with that? Um, and I know he said he's never done any like mental, like traditional mental training like Mm. skills or techniques but has adopted a certain type of mindset that allows him to kind of do that which i thought was super interesting um but then also like from the physical training component of it like pushing your body that hard day in and day out how does he kind of reconcile that and stay um in a place where he doesn't like burn out basically, Mm -hmm. which I thought was super, super interesting. And I think different than a lot of other sports. So like for me, if I went when I was just growing up playing sports or at whatever level, right. It's like if I was training four hours a day, minimum, doing lifting sparring jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. all those different things that, that sam was talking about it's like i feel like i would have burned out quickly yeah. so what's kind of what does he do to kind of buffer that burnout that kind
1: of goes into what by. we were talking about earlier about how it takes a different kind of person different kind of mindset to be a fighter like you like he said at the end when we asked him uh, what he would have told himself at the beginning and he said you have to love it to do it like this isn't a sport that you just compete in just to compete in just for the heck of it you have to have a love for this uh, sport of fighting and that kind of goes along with it because it's such a dedication four hours a day minimum of training that's dedication right there and you have to truly love what you're doing to put yourself in that i guess in that environment yep
0: and i guess i would also make a parallel to like the business world right and kind of what mm-hmm. we're trying to do here so this is something that I, i'm going to speak for on your behalf that i think both josh and i enjoy a lot um just being able to work with athletes being able to talk about sports being able to to meet awesome people you know and to network with with like sam and others through the podcast it's just something that we like like literally enjoy coming and doing on, on a day-to-day basis so it doesn't necessarily always seem like work. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there are times, right, when there's mm-hmm. a little bit of a drag, but for the most part, and maybe this is the parallel to like fighting, and what Sam was talking about is like he loved it so much that it didn't necessarily seem mm-hmm. maybe like a job. He just enjoyed yeah. the, the, all of the things that kind of came with it, and so kind of what we're doing too yeah. I think is is a powerful thing. So trying to fall in love with kind of that craft that you're beating on. So. Yeah,
1: if there is a way to connect fighting to sports psychology and what we do, I think you just found the perfect connection. I would say good job on that one, but another thing I wanted to talk about with our from our talk with Sam that I thought was super interesting. I want to hear your opinion on this because I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Um, but when you talked to him about how prominent mental skills training is in the UFC and mm-hmm. fighting in general, yep. and he brought up using hypnosis to kind of deal with nerves, yeah, yeah, have you ever heard of anything about that? Inter- like, had experience with hypnosis? I mean, or? have you? I mean experience or have you just do you have any knowledge or background on the use of hypnosis to kind of handle nerves or performance anxiety anything like that i can't say
0: i do have a knowledge about it um so i guess that's something i'm going to do after we get off the podcast here is maybe go do a little bit of research about it um the only i guess experience i have with it is this is a funny story okay let's hear it so uh back in my senior year of high school when we like graduated all the parents of the graduating seniors put on like a party for like all the graduating seniors you know you get there at night and they do like prizes and people come in and do activities and whatnot well anyway there was a hypnotist that came in to like do it for the entire our entire class or whatever uh and so at that event the hypnotist came up and so mariah who's my fiancee girlfriend at the time but fiance now uh she ended up getting hypnotized like i, I was just like i, I kind of looked at it and i was like what the heck is going on like she like I know Mariah, right? And she's not necessarily the first person to go up in front of a crowd of people and just like start dancing and flopping on the ground and just doing all this stuff. So it was very crazy to just kind of see like, whoa, that was that was a little wicked, um, in terms of like how the hypnotist, the hypnotist kind of grabbed everybody's attention and just put everybody in a trance. So that would be the only experience I guess I have with it okay. is kind of watching that. But from like a sport perspective, I don't necessarily have.
1: I think that is something curious, we both. Need, and I was just gonna say, I think that's something we both need to challenge each other to do is to go look into that because I think that would be something really interesting to learn about, and then we can maybe next week, uh, next week's podcast, we can come back to a little, a little bit little, talk about a but what we found stuff like that because yep. I have a feeling that uh, the hypnot hypnotist with Mariah, I feel like that was more for like entertainment 100%. value. 100 <laughs> percent. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're going up these UFC fighters and making <laughs> them dance and you know <laughs> do the worm and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, I I would really be interested to see how they do it. And yeah. uh, quickly, as I kind of touch on the worm, I did see a video this past weekend of Jordan I- doing the worm at the wedding and it was one of the at a wedding and it was one of the best worm forms oh, yeah. i have ever seen in my life
0: never forget it man it was
1: amazing yeah, so break i just got wa- the move sometimes i wanted to bring that out for everyone just to know that my co-host jordan johnson is the best worm yes. dancer i have ever seen in yes. my life now so. you got
0: me blushing oh boy behind the microphone yeah, okay
1: hopefully that comes out you know I what we on. need to do
0: sometime have you ever been salsa dancing before i've never been salsa I, dancing I, I, I didn't i think it was salsa or what yeah i'm pretty or square dancing. No, it was salsa dancing, I'm pretty sure. I did it once with Mariah. Um, it was a little awkward at first, but it was, it was kind of fun. I don't know if I would do it again unless I went with like a big group of people. Um, but maybe. Let's try salsa All dancing. Right. You don't want to move your hips a little bit? Uh, I try to. Hips don't
1: lie. Hips little, Shakira. Don't lie. little Shakira. okay Shakira. Yep. Okay. Yep.
0: Love that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Um, Any other
0: things that you took away from let's the see. podcast with Sam Combo? I think,
1: one. I mean, there was a question I was really interested in asking, and that's, like i said when we were talking to sam is that everything can change in a fight like that you could be it could be a five round fight and you could be winning for for four and a half rounds if the guy clips mm-hmm. you with one punch just out of nowhere you're unconscious like yeah. it can it can change in an instant and sam t- touched on the pressure that there is to win in the fight game because it can make or break your career one fight can and i was interested to kind of hear about how you recover how do you get yourself ready to jump back in the cage if you get clipped maybe if you get choked out or you get put in an arm bar or anything like that and you have to submit I just I wanted to hear what he said about getting back in there. So I thought it was really interesting about how he talked about going back and just making minor tweaks just because you lost does not mean yeah. that you're a bad fighter. Does not mean that uh, your training was wrong. You were doing everything wrong. You need to change everything. Yep. But you talk about just going back and look, trusting your training, looking at what you did, maybe picking out a little minor tweaks here and there, like maybe maybe I can do this next time, watch for this next time. I need to work on this. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah,
0: and let's let's try and apply that to, to other sports as well, right? So let's take first one that comes to my mind is football, right? So maybe at the beginning of the game, the team isn't performing as well. You're not able to move the ball on, on offense. Well, instead of going back at halftime and just totally overhauling the entire thing, Maybe it's more advantageous to kind of just take a step back. Okay, what are the small minor tweaks that we need to make going into the second half to make sure that we're not you know, going yeah. out with our pants hanging down? So same thing could probably be said about any other, or any. it can be said about any other sport, right? Instead of trying to overhaul something, um, again, in that moment, just kind of take it step by step, piece by piece. What do we need to do here to kind of just like trust the process, trust the game plan that we have in place? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you know what that kind of reminds me of yes. when he said that? The 1% rule. The one percent rule. Enlighten me. I'm sure you've heard this before, but uh, there's this rule. It's not really a rule. It's just kind of a mindset type thing. It's as uh, I've used it with athletes. Even as an athlete, um, how are, like what are you going to do to get one percent better each day? Are you going to get better one percent physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Uh, ac- academically, anything like that, getting 1% better every single day rather than trying to just, you know, completely change the course of the ship, you know, and that's kind of, mm-hmm. it reminded me of what Sam said because he's like, go back, make some minor tweaks and get one. It kind of reminded me like, okay, get 1% better. Don't change the whole entire thing like he talked about because that yeah. could kind of create a downward spiral. And, I mean, it doesn't relate directly, but it definitely made me think of that about making those minor tweaks and trying to get a little, like, focusing on the little things rather than yeah only the big picture.
0: Just kind of, again... Yeah. We're just reading right, breaking it down, mm-hmm. taking it one step at a time, mm-hmm. and piece by piece, as you're talking about percentages here. Um, have you ever heard of the 40% rule?
1: I have no. no, you can enlighten me because <laughs> I, I don't know rule. that one.
0: So it's actually 1% plus 1% is 2%. 2% plus 2% is 4%. 4, I'm just kidding. 40% rule. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are you trying to get at here? Nothing. I was being an idiot. So okay. for the
0: 40% rule, uh, it's the. There was an author who hired a Navy SEAL to come in and, like, live with him for uh, a period of time. And I can't remember who the author is. You're going to have to forgive me for this. I'll, maybe I'll look it up after here and let you guys know. Um, but anyway, this author came in and had this Navy SEAL kind of train him, maybe, like, physically training and, like, mentally trained. And so the, the Navy SEALs have this rule. It's called the 40% rule. It's whenever you feel like you've reached your peak physically, you've got 40%, you've only really hit 40% of what you're capable of. So when you're doing pull-ups and you've hit and you're at, let's say, pull-up number 10, and you're like, I can't do another freaking pull-up. Well, really, when you are at your like lowest and you're like, I can't get another one off, it tries you hard as you can, you're really at only 40% of what you're capable of. And so this guy's like, oh, that's a nice cliche saying whatever. It's like, that. that's fine. Like, well what ended up happening is like throughout the course of this story i think the guy ended up doing like 200 pull-ups but at some point right so he got to like whatever i don't know i'm gonna say 20 pull-ups and he couldn't do any more like physically exhausted well the navy seal made him just do one pull-up at a time over the course of like however long maybe a few hours until he got to 200 pull-ups one pull-up at a time get down one pull-up get down and he ended up making the 200 pull-ups and it was just kind of like a mental breakthrough like oh again breaking it down step-by-step, piece-by-piece. When you think you've hit your max from a mental toughness standpoint, you're really only at 40%. And it's just, again, just kind of a mantra that the Navy SEALs adopt um, and something, too, that could be applicable to sport in, in certain situations. So
1: That is interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah. We'll actually. have to do
0: some extra research here. Maybe we'll drop it onto our social media pages or we can talk about it on the next podcast, yeah. too, once we get some more info on it. But,
1: so, yeah. Um, anything else? Too? I think No, I think that covers uh, my big takeaways. I loved how passionate he was there at the end about supporting his UFC colleague, yes. uh, Tyron Woodley. Yep. Um, and I completely agree. I hope he knocks Jake Paul unconscious. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yes. But yeah, it was a really fun talk. So.
0: So this isn't any legal advice, but Smiling Sam did say to uh, put all your put all your chips on uh, on Woodley. So yeah. that, that that's his take on it. And. Yeah, I might be yeah. doing that. I might be going to the casino right. later. He
1: knows more than me and you do. So. <laughs> this is true. Exactly. This is very true. Once again, it's a huge thank you to Sam for even yeah. joining us. Yep. Just a m ma- awesome dude. Great time. Really enjoy talking to him. And check him out on social media because he truly does if I know there's a lot of TikTok people out there. His TikTok's really entertaining. So and, and definitely. What check
0: is him. it? Where can we follow him?
1: Uh, it's well, I know his Instagram handle and his TikTok handle is Smiling Sam.
0: How do you spell Smiling Sam?
1: S-M-I-L-E-N smiling sam okay yeah. gotcha and uh he, inter- he loves interacting with fans he loves talking to everybody and he's just a great great dude really good guy Perfect. so uh shout out to him again because that was awesome great experience and yeah all righty let's kick it we'll talk to you guys later all right bye